All right, we are here today. I mean, you've, you're talking to Neil D'Souza, host of Leadership Wealth Podcast, and I've got a special guest for you guys today, and uh, his name is Kelvin Kublal. And, uh, you know, Kelvin is, I, I actually don't know Kelvin, and no one introduced me to him, but you know how I uh, got to meet uh, Kelvin was through TikTok. Now, you know, I don't know if you guys have been on TikTok, but uh, that's how I found this man, the myth, uh, Kevin Kelvin <laughs> Koblo. And, uh, you know, a couple of things. Let me just start off. He's he's a youth pastor. But how did I find him on TikTok was something called hashtag scrap gang, which we'll get him to describe a little bit. But I got to tell you guys that I was just amazed at his hustle, his liveliness, and he was just out there and he was teaching people about how to have a side hustle. And so we're going to literally get into this interview and he's going to share with us a little bit about who he is, how he's gotten here. You know, we're, we're going to talk about faith, finances, fitness, family, all of it here today on Leadership to Wealth. Uh, welcome, Kelvin. Kublal. How you doing, Kelvin? Hey, Neil. Thanks so much for having me and to everyone listening. I appreciate the chance I get to be here. Man, this is awesome. It's a crazy world that we live in where we can connect this way, but that's amazing as it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here, here we are during the, uh, the global pandemic and we're on social media and I'm, I'm going through and I'm like, oh, I like this guy. This guy's really interesting. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, come to find out, oh, you're just up the road. And now, <laughs> now really interesting circumstances. Here you are. You know, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you just bought a house. That's right. That was the goal for this year. And that's what we made it to uh, with all the hustling, and the grinding. And I'm just around the corner from you now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Literally going to be right around the corner. So uh, that's awesome. So, guys, I am going to get to watch. Hashtag Scrap Gang in action. Uh, I might start following him around and videotaping him to see uh, his hustle. Um, you know, I'll start sending my kids over there to uh, learn some of that game. So I uh, love it. So, okay, Kelvin, tell us a little bit. I mean, obviously, we know that you are a youth pastor. You, you're actually studying divinity right now. And then somehow... You got into all of this stuff and you got TikTok famous in the process. <laughs> I don't know if I call it TikTok famous. I think that the platform is really cool that I get to be on. Um, yeah, man. So I've been a youth pastor since 2016 when I graduated with my bachelor's uh, in Ontario. And I was able to serve in Brampton for a little bit. And I, mm. I love ministry. I actually absolutely mm. love ministry as a whole. And that's why I went to school to study. That's where my heart is. Yeah. Um, but as... I will rewind a little bit. Um, I've actually grown up doing scrap metal with my dad. Okay. You know, okay. Back, back in 2004, my little brother was born. Uh, we were living in a small little bungalow. My parents instantly knew that, like, you know, unless we can actually have another job or income, we're going to struggle. We can't pay bills. We can't pay mortgage. We can't do all that stuff. Um, and so we struggled a lot. And my dad decided he's going to pick up a, buy a truck for a little van for uh, a couple hundred bucks. And he fixed it all up. And he's like, I'm going to do scrap metal. And I remember being 10 years old and this ugly white van pulls up into our driveway. And I mean, I was embarrassed to drive inside that thing, you know. Um, my dad dropped me off to school or whatever. But I would go around with him in the evenings uh, in a community, picking up scrap metal. And I learned that since then, 
And that the whole purpose of it was because we couldn't afford diapers for my little brother. Mm. Uh, my dad quit the scrap, scrap game about four years later, and he actually built a business out of scrap because the scrap money recycled itself and bought a bigger truck, and then it bought a trailer, and then he decided to move that truck and trailer into a roofing business. Uh, and now he grew his business out of scrap metal altogether. And for those people who are listening who don't know what scrap metal is, we're talking about scrap metal. Like, what is this scrap metal thing? Well, in your house, around your house, there's pieces of scrap metal, meaning there are parts and things that have made out of metal. It could be appliances like stoves, fridges, speakers, computers, chairs, anything that's made out of metal that has metal on it that you would just, after you don't want it no more, throw it away, put it to the curb. Well, guys like myself will pick it up with our trucks and take it to the recycling yard uh, where we actually get weighted and then we make cash off of that. Um, and it's it's something that I didn't know existed until my dad actually started doing it. But over the years, I, I see now a lot more people doing it. Um, and then fast forward now a couple of years down the line, my dad's business is growing. I went to school, came back, started as a pastor in Ontario, actually the youngest in my church uh, organization over the years. Um, and then I tore my ACL, I had a major injury uh, just a year and a half ago. And while I was home, I remember praying and talking to God about, man, like over the past four years, like serving the church and serving, you know, my community has been great. It's, it's left my heart filled with joy. However, my finances were still low. You know, I wasn't growing financially. I was giving away too much more than I actually was making. Um, I mean, it's great to gain those blessings, but yeah, um, that started happening. And so I told God that he has to provide a different route that's going to help me uh, be more financially stable or at least help me buy a house. Yeah, that was the conversation. Um, and I remember just being in my recovery stage. And I said, as soon as I come out of recovery and as soon as I'm back on my feet, I'm going to start doing all this, this and this. And I planned it all out. Then uh, I came back onto my feet and I got wet back into um, uh, ministry again. And then COVID happened. And mm -hmm. so, you know, this is actually for many people being um, a curse, but for me, it was a major blessing, you know, um, and, you know, you know, my heart goes out to all those who have lost lives and whatnot. However, mm -hmm. um, the flip side of it for myself, at, because of COVID, I was able to spend more time with my family. We got tighter. We actually started to like build and plan my whole family. I grew up around business people. My mom and dad were farmers from back home. So I grew up when I was like two, three years old, walking with my mom to the uh, market and I would have like like pieces of long beans in my hand. Like it's called Bora, you know, uh, it's a long bean. And I would just walk up to people and like, hey, buy this. And they would actually buy it. And then I would take the money and give it to my mom. And so I grew up kind of like that type of stuff since I was young. And um, we didn't have much growing up. And so as I grew older, I learned and saw how my parents made and worked hard for this stuff. Don't get me wrong. We believe in education. And that's why I'm doing my master's right now. I'm jumping all over the place. Let me fast forward to where we are today. Um, as as COVID came around, uh, ministry and churches all moved online, and it became difficult for the church as a whole to provide for me, for example. Um, and so the result came down to me actually saying, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to request to go back to school right now. It's actually better for me. It's a good season. I could do it all online. Um, I could be at home, um, and I can't serve full-time. So I took a break. I took a leave away from the church, and I'm in school full-time pursuing my master's in divinity and just recently i've um started my master's in social work so i'm doing a joint master's together which is a lot more work but i'm a whole year down um and then in the process i started realizing i ain't getting a check no more 
you know, so I got phone bills to pay. I got this to pay. I got all these different mortgage, not mortgage, um, car insurance and whatnot. Uh, you know, I'm helping with rent and I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm not even making any money, but my money, my bank accounts is slowly climbing downwards. I'm like, I gotta do something different. I've always been a little hustler. I was trying to find alternate ways of making money. And primarily at first I was using those money for his church. And now I'm like, you know what? Let me push this scrap grind even harder. On the flip side of that, I also love to record content. Um, I grew up with a little camera everywhere I went, just recording my dad do cool things. And he does pretty cool things. So now all of a sudden TikTok becomes a platform that I decided to just record a few things, throw it online. And then I saw that people actually like that stuff. And I was like, wait a second, I get why people like it. I'm learning about marketing. People like it because they don't see it anywhere else. Nobody else is doing yeah. it. So yeah. I said, you know what? Let me keep doing it. And behold, um, you know, there's a great group of people who are actually with me on TikTok and they kind of encourage me, motivate me. Um, full story, when I was in my surgery recovery, I went through a tough time emotionally. You know, I can see that I was in the like the darkest places of my life, um, mentally, even because it was tough. I was a strong athlete for four years. I played soccer for university on scholarship, and now my ACL tear happened and I can't do that no more. It actually, actually happened twice. So I've tore both my knees. I've had surgery on both knees, uh, once in 2017 and once in 2019. So it's crazy um, yeah. how that all happened. And through this entire process now, uh, I have a whole bunch of people on TikTok who are encouraging me uh, and pushing me. I'm, I'm motivated to uh, get up in the morning. And what's the biggest thing about it is that because I know, I know how to do it, I'm making the most out of it. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm known as the TikTok guy at the scrapyard because the entire scrapyard knows about it, and all different scrappers know about me. They're actually calling me to come to them, telling me they give me better prices than the other guy because they want me to promote their yard that people will come and give to them. So apparently, Triple M Metal, for example, giving them a, a free shout out right now. Um, they are getting an influx of new people bringing their own stuff to the yard because they learned from my videos. And that's okay, who, who is that you gave a, a free shout out to? That's tri Triple M Metal in Brampton. That's a scrapyard. <laughs> Triple M, remember my boy here when uh, <laughs> when he comes back. So, okay. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's been fun. So that's how Scrap Gang started up. Hashtag Scrap Gang. Mm. That came about straight up from just scrap hustling. Hustle wow. Muscle. Okay. So uh, a lot there to unpack. I mean, uh, let, me, let me just go back to how long have you... Um, how long have you been a, a youth minister? Since 2016, so about five years now. About five years. Okay, what what kind of led you down yeah. that road to, to go down there? I grew up in the church. My mom was yeah. always Christian. My dad wasn't. He was baptized yeah. when I was very young. Yeah. Uh, I seen a huge change in my dad when he was baptized. Yeah. Uh, he, he wasn't an alcoholic, but he, he was rough. And after yeah. giving his life to God, things changed in his life. Um, yeah. Not just that. I grew up actively in the church. My mom is a firm believer in faith um, and acknowledging God for all our blessings and providing for us. And I started preaching when I was eight years old. That's uh, my first sermon. I was eight years old. And mm -hmm. ever since then, I grew up in the GT as a little pre Indian preacher boy. That's what people called me. <laughs> um, and I grew up in predominantly black churches. And so I was described as a little Indian preacher boy. And then as time went on, I actually started uh, biomed in school. That's what I went to the university for. Uh, yeah. while playing soccer. So I was doing sports and then studying biomed. It became really tough and really hard. But instantly when I was there, I realized that I had no passion to become a doctor. Like my yeah. heart wasn't in it. Although I had good grades and I got into university for it, 
which is already a difficult thing to do. Uh, I just had no passion for it. So um, I just remember growing up in church and I was always passionate about sharing the love of Christ with everybody else. And so I, I switched out my major and I went into um, a Bachelor of Arts and that led me down the path. And I said to God, you know, I don't know if I'll make money one day. I don't know if I'll ever get hired as a pastor or anything. I have no idea what's coming before me, but I'm yeah. going in faith knowing that God will provide. Um, and I've never been worried since because after making that step and decision to study, um, I've always been provided for, you know, yeah. and I've always been blessed. Yeah. Along. I tell people I'm not lucky. I'm blessed and highly favored. So one of the things that we we see a lot right now is um, is that youth are just don't know which direction to go, right? Like I, I've even got uh, my own kids, and they're trying to figure out, hey, where where do I go? Do I go to university for this or that? And you, you know, trying to make up your mind for what you're going to do for the next number of years, uh, and then and then potentially for the rest of your life at that point and that point in your life is can be really difficult. So how did you even, I, I hear how you shifted, but how did you even start down that road of going, I'm going to do biomed and uh, what, what kind of instigated that? Yeah, I think the whole biomed aspect was um, encouragement for my family to study medicine because that's like the desired profession for most of our kids, right? Become a doctor. It's the best thing ever. And you get told that, you know, like doing the arts or doing something else is not the best profession or, or whatnot. But I've grown up with parents who I've seen um, take their two hands and work really hard to provide for us. And it's we've gone far because of that, just because of the work ethic. So I realized and they're doing it passionately, too. So I realized it's not about like even what you're doing or the profession that society respects, but it's more so what you're passionate about and how yeah. great your work ethic is. So. Um, I studied biomed because I was good at it in school and it seemed like it was the only thing that was going to provide the most for our family. Do I regret yeah. leaving? Not at all because I was never passionate about it. It was never going to wake me up in the morning excited to breathe, you know? So if it's the kids who are in school today or for a younger generation, man, like honestly pursue something that you're passionate about. Now the question is, how do you find your passions? You know, mm. how, where do you find your passions from? A lot of people are passionate in video games. And our parents will say, don't pursue video games, right? We have to be realistic with our passions as well. Um, right. Video games can pay for somebody because you can play and get paid to play. But that's a that's a dream world, you know? There's mm -hmm. a dream to that. And a lot of people actually get there. But the flip side of it, you can actually become um, a software engineer. Uh, and it's just the way we actually pursue our passions. My little brother is 16 years old. You know, he mm -hmm. should be the one on this podcast, not me. <laughs> He's 16 years old. I started when I was young, too. I started working with my dad at roofing when I was 16. Uh, but he's 16 years old. He's got two cars and three quads. He put, bought them all by himself. He worked, paid for them, paid them off. Right now, he's working to pay off his last quad because it's his most expensive purchase. It was like almost $12,000. Um, and he's paying back my dad. So he took a loan from my dad. He's paying back on interest. Um, brilliant young man. And he's big with motors. So a lot of the stuff that I find in scrap, I bring it home. And he actually repairs them. And we resell them. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. So how did he get into that? Well, I think he grew up around this atmosphere that was always about like, hey, fix it with your hands. My dad's mm -hmm. always fixing things with his hands and nothing's ever broken in our house because if it's broken, we'll fix it. We'll make it work. Um, and I think a huge part of what our young people got to realize is that we have to put ourselves in places where 
you know, people are doing things. It's not just about sitting in front of the TV and hoping that something's just going to magically come to you. We got to put ourselves in places to so put yourself out there, do something different, try something different. And if you don't like it, move on to something else. Um, mm -hmm. But you will eventually pursue something that you enjoy doing and you start realizing it's going to provide for you. And then you actually build a passion. My little brother's passionate about cars. He wants to become a, um, a mechanical engineer. You know, he made that decision up when he was 14 years old and he's working towards it today. So a lot of the content that we post is not just scrap. It's about like fixing bikes and flipping cars and buying and selling and all that type of stuff. Okay. That that's amazing. It's amazing for a lot of reasons. And the one that I think is really interesting is that we seem to be losing with younger generations, the ability to work with their hands, the, the that, uh, so, so many skills that I think were transferred down by the older generation seems to be getting lost because everything seems to be moving, well, uh, obviously more and more online. And so some of those, those uh, tangible hands-on skills seem to be going, but yet you guys have found a way to kind of pass that on and enjoy it. Like I've watched some of your videos. I saw one of your videos where you were literally... Um, you were tossing around, I think it was a washing machine or a dryer, <laughs> and, and uh, you were smiling the other time, the entire time. I was like, yeah. holy crow, okay, that, that's a good <laughs> exercise for starters. But, uh, but yeah, you, you, you and clearly even your brother clearly love the hustle. Can, can you say something about that? What, what is it about that that you enjoyed so much? Um, if I'm 100% honest, my dad is uneducated, mm. right? Did not go to school. He actually dropped out of school when he was like in the fifth grade. We don't talk about this. This is public now to a whole bunch of people on this podcast, but we don't really talk about it much. And I'm trying to yeah. get my dad to the point where it's like, hey, you're an uneducated man, but you're probably among the smartest men in this world that I know of, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's because I've never seen my dad quit. And I've never seen my dad say, I can't do that. It's always been, we'll make a way will make it work. And some of the things I say on my page is, hey, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, so how to lift a, a dryer into your truck, man, if you really want that dryer because it's gonna pay your bills, you're gonna put it in that truck. Doesn't matter how full you are, you'll make it work. Uh, and I think yeah. that the biggest part of that is just being determined. I've learned to work hard and be determined for my parents. Uh, and the two things in life is if you can work hard and stay determined, you will achieve a lot of different things. I learned that very mm -hmm. young. My little brother's now learning it because he's seeing it, the reality of it. Um, but I think the biggest part is that we forget that we have to work hard. Nothing comes easy. Neil, you came to Canada. I'm not sure when, or if you even grew up in Canada. Did you grow up here? Uh, yeah, I was born overseas, but I grew up here. Yeah. Right. But you worked your butt off to get to yeah. where you are today, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and it didn't come easy. It didn't come overnight. It took yeah. lots of tireless nights, maybe nights where you just stayed up late, working, working, working. Your you, eyes are blood. You see all this red. gray hair? See all it this was. gray hair? <laughs> <laughs> it came from somewhere. <laughs> I hope I don't go gray. <laughs> but no, it's true. You know, you have to work. And, mm. and I think that's a part that we forget about. The work ethic, you can't just teach anybody that. But if I can tell a younger person, it's like, like man, like, you don't know everything. I tell this to my little brother all the time. Hey, Calvin. His name is Calvin. My name is Calvin. I know confusing. Um, I say, hey, bro. You don't know everything. It's okay mm -hmm. to not know everything, right? The flip side of that is this. You must want to learn. If you don't know everything, you must want to learn. If you act like you know everything, then you'll never learn anything. 
you won't change. You'll stay stagnant. But if you, yeah, that's it. If you just, just understand that you don't know everything and you'll, that's it. <laughs> drop the mic, right? Drop the mic. Just <laughs> drop the mic. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. 100%. 100%. Acknowledging yeah. that you don't know everything. And, and uh, my kids are always astonished when I tell them, you know, I don't know everything, but I'm, I'm always trying to learn more. And I hope I get to do that till the day I die. Right. That's it. Um, Same. Even part of this podcast is about, is really about learning, being able to, yes, I want to be able to pass on, but being able to acknowledge that I don't know everything and getting to learn about okay. all these different areas. And, you know, obviously even um, just being present to your hustle is inspiring to me. Um, but I, I got to ask this question because now you bring up something really powerful if because your dad was a great example for you to uh, yeah. to see that hustle here as you said a man who's uneducated but was willing to work and yeah. um, and very smart in the business world did you know diligent and disciplined and did a lot of things and so you learned from that but what a what about kids that uh, youth that don't have that example right yeah there's there's unfortunately some places some situations where young people don't have a parent or a mm -hmm. great example uh for them man the thing i learned even today and as i, sh I shared with you this earlier i have a mentor um somebody who i in some ways admired or respected admired mm -hmm. is probably a, a poor definition because we can admire a lot of people um from a distance and never actually get to learn more from them but i respect him for example say you were closer you and i were closer i respect you and i can see you because of your success um i will take i will i will somehow i will become that pest on your leg that asks you questions about hey so how did you do that and how do i do this and hey i want to do this and then bounce my thoughts and ideas off of you my mentor right now so i bought a house praise god clap it up yeah. yes yeah. amen I haven't really celebrated yet because uh, yes. today was a, today and tomorrow is a closing. Yeah, uh, we will celebrate soon, uh, and it's super exciting because that's my goal. My whole goal was to get a property, uh, save up enough to get a property, and then do it again. My mm -hmm. mentor, um, who was my elder at my church at, at one point, uh, he actually told me when I'm ready, come have a conversation with him. He was yeah. offering and willing to offer, but mm -hmm. I was never actually putting myself in that place where I was having the conversation with them. Hmm. And eventually now we had the conversation. He, he walked me through the steps of how to pick up the best one. He actually even provided people for me to pick up my best properties or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. um, so I think for that young man, that young woman who doesn't have a mentor or doesn't have a parent or a guardian, it's trying to find somebody who is in that field or that position that you respect and, and or is doing well and ask them, be willing to ask. You know, I'm a firm believer in the word. The word says, ask and you shall receive. You know, mm -hmm. it's actually yeah. the way I get all my scrap metal. There's no other way to put it. Like I'll drive by the road. I'll see a whole bunch of stuff in someone's yard. I'll stop and we walk up the driveway, knock on the door. Hey, my name's Kelvin. I pick up scrap metal. You got anything for me? And people are like, yeah, I have my entire garage. Come, I have a car. I'm like, you have a car for free? Yeah, I'll take it. Sweet, I'll take it. You know, ask. I think yeah. sometimes you're too scared to ask, but if you ask mm. respectfully, you know, yes. don't ask. Yeah. Ask respectfully. Um, you can receive a lot. And so, for example, if I want to know more about what you're up to in life or, you know, this podcast, Leadership to Wealth, it, it speaks a thousand words because it's like, hey, 
if I want to be wealthy one day, this will help me get there. Let me continue to ask questions to you or other people who are involved here uh, as to how do I do that, All right? Mm -hmm. So for the young so, man, that young woman ask. So, so do, I mean, now you're TikTok famous. So the question <laughs> is, do, do people go, hey, I recognize you, absolutely. Uh, or do, do people ever do people ever say no? Yeah, so rarely I've ever gotten a no. I've actually only have one story, two stories, where I, I call them Karens. You all know the Karens are. Um, those individuals who bother you or pester you. Uh, is one situation. I was late at night. I was actually in the wrong. It was around 12, 11.30 at night, and I was picking up scrap metal on the road, and I was putting a uh, wheelbarrow into my truck, and I might have made some clanking noises, and so it might have sounded pretty loud and, and woken up this woman. She came to the room and told me her disgust that I was there. However, it could have been something else that she was annoyed that I was there. Um, we're not going to get into that right now. But yeah. um, other than that, like you really get a no as an answer when you're trying to help somebody else clean up their stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've had a situation where people put like not just a many times people, they recognize my truck or somehow they recognize me. Um, when I, it's, I'm not famous. I don't say I'm famous, like 50 K isn't famous. However, because I'm doing this in a community like Brampton, where this, it's a smaller community, you can actually go around places and people see the stuff. So I went to pick up shingles, for example, at a shingle yard and the kid who worked there was like, Hey, I know you from TikTok." I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, I watched all your videos. I'm like, sweet. Give me a discount. <laughs> That's all I said as a joke. Um, and then some people think that like, you know, because you, uh, you have TikTok, and I'm like, listen, TikTok happened over a few months. Um, and tomorrow that app could be banned from the app store and deleted from all their phones. And guess what? Yeah. It will be gone. If, if you hold on to your fame as something that makes you credible, you're nothing. It's nothing. Right. But if you can right. build something out of that is where you have a great platform. For example, you're building this here, build more beyond that. So a guy walked up to me at McDonald's the other day. Um, I was waiting in line and he walked, he's an Uber driver. He walks, he grabs his stuff. He's walking back out and he goes, and I was wearing a mask and a hat. I was invisible that day. I'm not sure how he recognized me. He just says, aren't you that? TikTok guy? Yeah. And I was like, no. It was, yeah. Cut, 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 cut. Coolie. And then I was, he said it so loud that everyone started staring. I'm like, bro, chill, 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 chill. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. What's up? You know, shook his hand. He's like, I like your videos. And he starts freaking out because he met me. I'm like, bro, I'm nothing special. Just relax. I'm just a regular guy who picks up scrap metal and makes videos and I have fun. And I show you all and y'all enjoy it. You can do the same thing. I told him, hey, man, you do Uber? Okay, cool record your Uber runs with another camera, with a phone and post them. And you'll never know people, I talk to the camera, encourage people to live their best life, be positive and people will like it too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I, I've got to totally uh, go against, I appreciate your humility, but I've got to go <laughs> against, uh, you're, you're just a normal guy because, you know, the, the podcast is called Leadership to Wealth. And the reality is that, you represent leadership out there and uh, you are taking steps that people want to take or wish they could take. Maybe they're afraid to take and mm. they're watching you actually out there hustling, watching you actually doing it. And, uh, you know, they get to experience, oh, he's out there. He got this. Oh, he made some money. Oh, my goodness. You mean this is something I could do? 
I mm. and so I I really look at that and go, and and we call it leadership to wealth because the wealth comes after the leadership. Right. 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 It comes through that leadership and right. and how we define wealth is all, in all different ways. But you know, if all you're looking at is money, that's obviously uh, you know pretty shallow. But there right. is so much more, and you have to lead yourself before you get there. And so that's right. I got to be honest. It never matters to me how much money you make that day from from picking up scrap metal. I'm like, there's this there's this young cat out there hustling, and yeah. uh, it's you actually said something else that was really interesting. You said you never get a no when you're helping people. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I think um, I, I I was uh, I was speaking to one of my students and. Um, in real estate, we were just talking about how he was talking about how the pain or fear that he's feeling with regards to uh, moving what he wants to do in real estate. And I said, well, as long as you focus on the pain, there's going to be nothing but pain. Come on. But now, now all of a sudden you start focusing on other people and what you're solving for them, how you're mm. going to help them. It's amazing. Yeah. What, what comes out of that. And so, you know, that's a little bit of what I'm hearing that as you're out there, you're you're solving a legitimate problem for people, um, rather than them having to try to figure out how do I get this junk metal, the scrap metal, right. out of my house. Along comes this young guy with a truck, <laughs> and uh, and he comes and solves their problem. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, it's crazy how people actually pay to remove some stuff. And I'm yep. here like, hey, don't pay. Just call me. And I'll take it for free. Why? Well, it depends. You know, some people actually are cute with it. They, they'll call me with like, hey, I have like, I have a stove, uh, no, a microwave of it. And I have to say respectfully, it's too far for me. It's, it doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. You know, put, I, but I'll tell them, hey, you can put that at your curb or into the trunk of your car. And when you drive by this location, drop it off there. You might make a couple of dollars, three dollars, four dollars. But it's better than you actually like stressing about what we're taking to the dump and whatnot. Mm. um yeah i i am solving an issue a problem it's been happening many years a lot of scrap guys are out there some of them are upset with me um but some of them also understand that i'm just doing it a different some actually encourage me wait why why are some guys upset with you because they heard or found out that i um well actually truthfully they see that the scrap yard workers treat me with a lot more respect it's crazy i just i think it's just a friendly atmosphere uh, yeah. I make I make jokes with them. We talk a lot. I I actually like going to the scrapper, checking on them, ask them how the life is going, how the life is doing. Mm. Um, I know about their personal lives at the scrapper because it's beyond just scrap for me. You know, I am a minister, and so I care for people as well. And so while yeah. while scrapping, I'm actually doing ministry, and people don't realize it. My church yeah. may not understand it yet, but what I'm doing through TikTok is building a church online. You know, yeah. imagine I want to go out there and preach now. I have 50,000 people that are going to listen to me in yeah. a message, you know? Um, yeah. And it's, it's more than the 300 or the 600 in a building. Yeah. So I get to really interact with people and it's actually a lot of fun. The guys in the scrapyard, they, uh, uh, they're cool. The scrappers don't like it because I'm making videos, teaching people how to give their scrap. So when they, they don't get as much, they claim that they're not getting as much, but I came across a scrap man. I told them that, Hey man, some scrap men are mad at me. And the guy said, stop right there great guy said i've been doing this for 42 years 42 he's an old gentleman he says listen there's never ever 
no scrap metal. He says, if those guys aren't finding anything, they're not working as hard as you are. He says, hey, it's not your problem that you are making videos and people are calling you. It's their problem that they're not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I, I thought about that. And it's like, yeah, the reason why I'm doing better in, in the industry than some other people, I'm not trying to compare myself to others, but the reason why I'm doing better is just because I'm doing it different. You know, mm. there's a different factor. If you, when you have a business, I told my dad this, like you got to figure out how to make your, how to make your business different from others to make it more competitive. Uh, what makes you different? And so I'll spend some time with some people. I'll, I'll go over to their house and we'll have, you know, we'll have drink, not, well, I don't drink, but we'll share a conversation, a good time and just enjoy ourselves. And then people are like, wait, the guy that just did that guy just take all my scrap metal. And I'm like, yeah, you just paid me 500 bucks to pick up all your stuff. And I had a great time today. You know what I'm saying? That's amazing. Yeah. I, I yeah. okay. There's there, there's a boatload there, but I, I want to ask you a couple <laughs> of a, a couple of things there. So, first of all, I I get that you're hustling and you're working harder than a lot of these guys, and so, and you and quite frankly, you, you've gotten creative, and <laughs> I you, you didn't did you intend? Well, let me ask this question: Did you in create the TikTok with the intention that, Hey, I'm going to be able to get, okay. So, so you didn't even intend that when you created yeah. the TikTok, but in so doing it created an opportunity and, uh, people started moving towards it. And, yeah. and so I, I don't know if you can really, uh, uh, I get that people are hating on you for that, but yeah, but you're working hard and you've gotten creative in doing so. And there's always going to be, I, I appreciate the advice that you got from, from that older gentleman. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's probably so many different things that you could spin off from that, but just to be able to understand that you, you got, you're going to keep working, you're going to keep doing uh, what you're doing. And Oops, in the I, meantime, you know, you're building your, your ministry and everything like that. Yeah. So that that's amazing as well. Um, so let me, let me ask if you don't mind me asking a personal question here. Married kids? No, I was actually engaged once. Um, okay. Yeah. Big. All right. I don't, Here we I don't go. We're gonna get the engagement story. All right. Let's go. First, I didn't know I was, we were I getting was this. In a great one. relationship. Best friend. We went to the uh, university together. We we're supposed to get. Did married. Auntie introduce you to? No, no, no. It wasn't Auntie no. set up? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. She a uh, great girl. Uh, to this day, we're actually still friends. We don't communicate as yeah. close anymore. Um, yeah. The reason why we actually didn't get married is because her passions um at one point our passions are all the same however her passions was taking her overseas and my passions yeah. had me present in ontario canada yeah and so yeah. i said i'd rather you pursue your passions than to be stuck with me where yeah. i am so i I would never want to stop somebody from where their heart really wants to be uh and that's why we broke up and it's crazy because people are like you're, you're dumb for doing that just make it work you know i'm like yeah i cried a lot you know i'm gonna tell you here i cried a lot yeah. and it put me in a really tough place but i am happier now knowing that that girl is pursuing her life's calling her life's passion than to be miserable being my partner stuck with me and i do believe that if god has a will and a way to make us work out he will and if not mm. hey he'll provide for me another wife um <laughs> yeah so no kids yet i do want kids my goal yeah. in life my biggest goal in life was even to get a house it's it's legit my my, mm. my my number one goal was to have a wife and children and adopt kids if i can that was it I don't want anything else after that. I think like I, for some reason, I feel like my heart is fulfilled 
if I had that on my own. Um, it's also because I grew up in a very rich family environment with my parents and I, I like their love. Like I look my dad, my mom and dad's love story. Um, and I want to have a love as rich as theirs. I've had mm -hmm. great examples, um, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. For all the ladies watching the show right now. <laughs> Stop today, this. <laughs> today on The Bachelor, on The Bachelor, we have Kelvin Kublal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? Um, my Instagram and my TikTok are like night and day. You know, okay. so inst Instagram was like my personal and I was using it for like ministry objectives and I'll post like me in suits and preaching and speaking engagements and all that professional scheme, you know, because you feel like you have to be professional on certain platforms. Then my TikTok, I started posting scrap videos. I actually hit it from my Instagram because my Instagram is predominantly like church folks and the kids that mm -hmm. I mentor. I didn't want them to see that side of me. Okay. And, and I think this is a huge factor to a point I want to make. I hit the, like a huge part of me because... I was either a embarrassed or I just didn't want people to know what I was up to because they would judge me. And crazy as it is sounds, I have friends who actually I share a podcast with who I personally feel that they don't respect my hustle, my grind. You know, I've actually made fun of it a few times. Um, literally, they know is my hustle, my grind is is would make me more than my call it the nine to five, yeah. you know. Uh, it's just because my mentality has shifted away from that negativity and I focus on being super positive about everything else in life. And I'm grateful for just the little things, you know, if yeah. you call me over to your house and you give me one teaspoon uh, versus a whole trailer of scrap, I'm still going to be grateful for it. And I'll smile and I'll walk away. Hey, I didn't yeah. make as much steak, but it's okay. I still made something. Um, yeah. yeah. So I feel like my pride factor changed over this season of my life. And whereas in Instagram, I'd want to be portrayed as this guy who's super clean and well-kept and well-dressed. And on TikTok, I'm like this scruffy-looking dude who hasn't shaved in a couple of days. And, you know, and, and he's just hauling mud all over himself. And I'm here like, wait a second. Why am I hiding who I am for that girl who doesn't even care for that guy, for me? You know what I'm saying? So, so I could portray an image of some girl who's going to see me and be like, oh, I want that guy because he's in a suit. I'm like, no, yeah. if you can't, you can't be with me if if you're not willing to come scrap with me because you just want me in the suit, I can do yeah. both. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like yeah. sometimes we compromise. We, we hide away parts of us, like parts that we're passionate about um, to satisfy a certain group of people. And I've, I've shared this with my little brother, for example, he wants to grow his Instagram account, a business account. And I said, listen, brother, um, if you keep appealing to the people that you know, you have yeah. 300 people listening to you. Right. Yeah. But if you keep, if you start, if you start passionately just pursuing what you love and it's putting it out there, then people see the people you're appealing to the 300 aren't going to give you their attention. But if you continue to just passionately pursue and, and, and engage and, and push out good content and just simply teach others, then the people who want to hear from you are going to jump in and they're the ones that can interact with you and are going to follow you. And before you know it, those 300 that you were trying to reach become like a speck versus mm. the 300,000 that you're not reaching. You know, you have to understand that like we we box ourselves in and I was doing that to myself. Now I've been scrapping even while I was pastoring and the money would go towards my youth group and I would use the money to buy them pizza on a Friday night and have youth talks and take them out to dinner or, or go to their basketball games and buy them food and whatever. The, I was using the money in that way for them, for my kids because I want to see them pursue a happy life. But now the flip side of it is like I'm pursuing it stronger 
you know, it's not keeping me away from ministry. If anything, it's actually enhancing my ministry because it's providing for me even more. And it's genuinely yeah. who I am. There's a whole yeah. lot in there, but I'm sorry for the ramble. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Uh, let's see. We, we got that you're still single. You want to be married, <laughs> ladies. Uh, we got that you're, you're, you're given to the youth. I mean, you're hustling and giving money to the youth, or you were, and now you're you're paying your bills. I mean, like you know, there's a there's a whole lot in there. Let let me ask a couple of questions now mm -hmm. with regards to to that and what you are kind of teaching. I know you're trying to do it through videos, and mm -hmm. people are trying to learn and what you're doing in terms of how to make money. What do you if they call you up and go, hey, I want to do this, how do I get started? Because I'm sure there's a ton of a ton of guys that love what you're doing, but they're like, I, I don't know where to start. Yeah. You like I they see your excuses. they see your truck, right? Uh, right? I I even saw, I was like, man, this guy's got a serious truck. I mean, what am I gonna <laughs> do? Stick uh scrap into the back of my car, but uh come on, yes. tell me. My answer no, is no, yes. I'm not I'm not going to no, but, my, see, yeah. here's the thing. I, I will, I, I, a kid, a kid came up to me the other day and said, like, I wish I can do what you do because, but I don't have a car. I don't have yeah. a license. I said, but you do have two feet. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and, and I'm like, and if you have a willingness, and the thing is, it's not just about the, so I'm doing scrap metal. The reason why I yeah. make a good amount of it is because I'm hauling a large amount, you know? Right. But if right. anything else that you do, if you have a willingness in your heart to do something, to make something, you will make something out of it. So yes. when my dad used to do scrap metal, he would come home at night if his truck and trailer was full on the driveway i would actually take my bicycle and ride around my neighborhood looking for stuff and i would i found a barbecue i would take the top of the barbecue off i couldn't take the whole thing take the top off put in my my, my bicycle bars and ride it yeah. home to show him hey look that i got a barbecue that barbecue top was like six seven dollars when you scrap yeah. that right yeah now, what people understand is that six seven dollars and 28 other six seven dollars they all add up you yes. know, and you, before you know, you yes. have a couple hundred bucks and a couple hundred bucks yeah. make a couple thousand. And so yeah. the philosophy I learned from my grandmother was this. Um, it's a Guyanese uh, saying. It says one, one dutty build down. Huh. One, one piece yeah. of dirt yes. builds a dam. Yeah. You know? So a yeah. dam isn't built by a little. day. Little yeah. by little, it becomes yeah. much. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's how we live our life. So if you really want to yeah. get there, you have to literally depend on those pieces so i save my pennies i have yeah. i have a jar right here it literally counts my coins for me uh, okay. when i bring these coins when i drop it in i think there's like 300 bucks in here right now and like man like otherwise i would put that in my pocket and it'll probably fall out in the car or i'll go spend it on tim hortons i say no i'm gonna put it in my pocket bring it home that thing here never touch it again at the end mm. of the year i'll have 500 bucks in there you know mm -hmm. it's just the way that we 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 think i feel you know yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have to be honest. I actually use my wife's van um, for any of those <laughs> things. I, I, in, in all honesty, and my kids know this because now I'm in finance, right? And so there's a number of things that my kids can't do in this space um, with licensing and all that. But mm -hmm. in the meantime, I'm like, we'll go. We'll do some online um, uh, shopping, like what's that uh, used used stuff, right? Uh, people yeah. are selling it on auctions and this kind of stuff, and we'll yeah. pick up stuff. Um, and I try to resell teach it. them how to resell it, right? Um, right. I think uh, the the last one we got off of here's for anyone that knows it. There's a site called Max Sold, 
And uh, my kids hate hearing about it because they know I'm going to try and buy something off of there. And, you know, it's probably going to be wood. Let's refinish it <laughs> and uh, and then put it back out there. Now, half the times it ends up being a present rather than going out to be sold. Right. But but there's something of value of a being able to identify identifying things of value that are under undervalued, you know, being able to restore them, fix them up, that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, recycling them, repurposing them, whatever that may be. And, and, uh, you know, I I see that you're doing a lot of this in that. Okay. So, and, and what you also talked about was, um, you know, scale, scalability, right? So, Hey, you're, you're a kid, you got a bicycle you can pick up a couple of things on your bike, right? Mm-hmm. If you have to drag it, drag it behind you and get it to where you ever you go. And for those of you that are, don't believe me, my son was, had a skateboard and he was going down the street and he picked up uh, a wooden side table that someone put uh, was giving away. He put it on his skateboard and skateboard nice. back home. So um, I think it's on our back deck right now. So anyways, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, um, so I did the same thing. I used to do it with yeah. beer bottles. Uh, my, I used to go, like, I knew the drinkers on my street because they would always be really loud. And I would go to their house on the garbage days and pull out all the beer bottles into my yeah. backyard. They would go into this big box. And when I fill up the box, I would put it into, like, a trolley. And, like, yeah. a, you know the little little tykes wagon? And I would pull yes. it to the beer store. I would tie it to my bicycle, like 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 the rascals, little rascals. Tie it to my yeah. bicycle and pull it to the beer store. I was, I was about 10, and I would make about 10 bucks from all that. Ten dollars when you're ten years old is a lot of money. That's a lot of candy, you know. Yeah. So I was just like excited when I did that stuff, and also uh, I cut hair, right? I lived to cut hair. I cut okay. my hair myself. There's a ministry I have called Haircuts for Humanity where we cut hair for the homeless. Um, and I learned to cut hair when I was 11 because my mom used to cut my hair and shave it all off, and I would have really bad haircuts. Eventually, I took the clippers and started cutting it myself. Yeah. Um, out of necessity, I couldn't afford to go to a barber. I only learned what a barber was when I was 15, 16. No. 1415 in grade nine is when I learned yeah. what a barber was, but still yeah. it was 15 bucks. I didn't have 15 bucks. So I cut my own hair. So it's like out of necessity comes a thing, you know, uh, little yeah. kids. I, I tell the guys all the time, like pack it all up at your house and then bug your parents to drive it over for you, you know, drive yeah. to the scrapper, drive it somewhere. And I try to right. teach them what, it, what the best things look like. Um, I feel like we make excuses as to why we can't do certain things, but you're Ooh, right. Yeah. Buying stuff, buying stuff and selling it is probably the best thing that little kids can do. Um, yeah. If I give you a tour of my basement right now, mercy, this, this, the stool that this computer is sitting on is, is, is uh, re reused. This chair that I'm sitting on is some scrap. This microphone was brand new in the scrap bin, in the garbage bin. Wow. In a box. They just didn't know how to put it together and or they didn't know how to connect it to a computer, so they threw it out. And I'm like, you know, people, oh, there's germs and there's garbage. Yes, but it's the same. Like, you can disinfect all your things and still use them. I have light mm. rings here right now. That was all garbage. There's a mirror right here. This mirror, that was from the garbage. Some of these picture frames were from the garbage and just have to make them work. You know, my desk in here, even my bed that I sleep on was free on Facebook Marketplace. The lady was moving. She wanted to get rid of it. I took it home, picked it up, and I steam cleaned the heck out of it. Um, And it's my bed. And it's actually, it's like a $500 bed. You know? (laughs) I don't know how to tell you, man. I was going to say, (laughs) I was going to say, you're like the Guyanese Gary V. That, (laughs) 
People tell me that so much. I actually had to go research who Gary V was when yeah. I was picking up scrap on it because a guy came up to me. He's like, yo, you're Marty. You have Gary V. Do you watch his videos? I'm like, no. And I looked it up and I actually started watching his videos recently. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I my whole entire house. Um, yeah. And that's that's why my parents were able to move from a, from a basement apartment in Rexdale to their first house purchase in Bungalow in Malton. And then they moved to Brampton. Uh, to which after they sold that house, it doubled in price and they moved to Caledon. So we're moving a little further out, mm. but the progression of the house prices have also been the same. But we're able to afford what we live in today because of that mentality. Hey, we're buying no-name foods for many years. We still do to this day. Uh, we're not spending money excessively. We don't party and drink and, and we don't go on massive vacations. We save really well and we also invest really well. And mm. so that's why like, I'm looking at my room right now. I'm trying to find something that I actually bought in the street to tell you my laptop. <laughs> and it nice. was also off of Facebook marketplace. It wasn't brand new. Cause I'm like, I ain't paying for nothing brand new, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, in, in all honesty, and I, I think we were uh, texting back and forth about this is, you know, for me growing up as a kid uh, in Scarborough, we would, mm -hmm. we, we had nothing. Right. My dad, right. my dad's an alcoholic. And uh, and so my mom was the one, only one bringing in an income and uh, she mm -hmm. had to stretch everything. And so, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't have a TV until somebody in the apartment building we lived in threw out a TV. And uh, true story, true story. No word of mm -hmm. lie. I was eight years old before I found out that uh, I had a black and white TV. I had been watching that for however many years <laughs> i thought i kid you not i thought i had a color tv until i went over to somebody's house and i was like dad what's going on with your tv and uh he was like that's a color tv i was like but we have a color tv no no we had a black and white TV. Oh, wow. and, and that's you know and then someone that one broke and we didn't have a tv for three months and so someone hmm. threw out another tv that's how we got another tv that, that was just part of that was just part of survival back then, right? Like, um, and uh, and now you're making, today. now you're making it a hustle and making money from it, uh, loving it, right? Yeah. Do I feel guilty? Someone asked me of selling garbage, somebody else's garbage okay. to make money. I said no. It's not my fault that you threw away something of great value and you devalued it by throwing it away. Yeah. You literally listed it as zero dollars. That's what you did. Right. And I, I, I looked at it. I said, that thing is not zero dollars. That thing is five hundred dollars. I picked it up and made it work. Now it's I sold it for a thousand. Yeah, it's not my fault that you devalued something. I think that North American culture society is quick to throw away. We're so like zoned in to purchase this whole this whole, um, you know, just, it's just like a, a cash disposable. Yeah. Disposable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm like, man, people throw you some really good things. I've never bought a bicycle in my life. Cause I always, and I've had more than 50 <laughs> in my name and I was just recycling them over, buy it, sell yeah. it, pick up another one, do the same thing again, or, yeah. or find it, fix it. Um, we, ne we've never bought a bar, a barbecue, never yeah. bought a barbecue. And yeah. when the one that we have in the backyard breaks, we scrap it and I get a new one from somebody else's yeah. house. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how like people are scared of doing that because they're scared of what society will think of them. Yet yeah. I have all my family members coming over to my house. And asking me, oh, where'd you buy this? And where'd you get this? And I just smile. I say, don't yeah. worry about it. Don't worry about it, mama. Don't worry about it. You know, they well, don't know. Yeah. Well, one <laughs> of the things, uh, you know, there's an, a saying, one man's, one man's trash. trash is another man's treasure, right? I live by it. 
and and I think that well, yeah, literally you you do, and you, <laughs> you literally make money off it. Um, and and what's interesting, and a lot of people don't realize this, is that that is true in every area of making money. Mm-hmm. Wherever something is devalued, that's mm-hmm. where it's your opportunity, that's right? right. Uh, even even in real estate, that's right? right. The, it's the properties that are. You know, I, I thought of being a realtor at one point and uh, I thought I can't do it because if someone complains about wallpaper, I, you know, I'm like, forget about it. Like to me, that's <laughs> nothing. I see the money. Right. I smell the money. I, you know. Right. And so I was like, I can't do it. Um, and so instead I went into finance, went into mortgages and and into investing. And but um, but it really is that wherever people are devaluing it, even in the stock market. It's mm-hmm. the stocks that are devalued that you have the most opportunity. Most, most gain. That's right. Right. To be able to gain right. from it. So I think there's a, a powerful lesson there in in being able to see beyond what everyone else sees. Right. And and even there's something else that I think is really interesting is that because a lot of people may not want your life, hmm. but because they may, oh, I don't hmm. want to have a bunch of barbecues in my backyard that I'm going to be right. taking to, you know, I may right. not want this or, you know, they may be looking around and thinking, I, I don't want all of that stuff uh, mm-hmm. or that type of life. But yet you just bought a house That's and, right. and uh, there are a lot of people that are saying, I've, I have no way to do this. Right. Maybe even some of the victim mentality of, you know, how do I get enough money to be able to buy a house and, and here you are hmm. in very unfashionable in a very unfashionable way you right. know you you're closing on a house tomorrow that's right glory to god man yeah. it took years to get there however it is the whole you know switch of mentality um yeah. i feel like we have to put our pride aside and like i keep saying on my channels do what you got to do to be a better you um, it means if you got to wake up in the morning and grind, cause that's all you got right now, then grind. It means you got to ride a bicycle to work, then ride your bicycle to work. Cause it's providing for you. You know, it, it, I, man, I bought a house. I was trying to do it while I was a pastor with going to school, having my education, um, working salary full time. I couldn't do it then. And look, I'm doing it in the middle of a pandemic where housing market is just rising. You know, I outbidded 22 other people on my property. 22 and i'm like well glory to god that i got it um and i worked my butt off to get it but i'm i'm happy i did because i you know a lot of people don't know you know because you're in this field but a lot of people don't know how like how hard it is to get a house uh to, to you know be financially clear from mortgage and all that stuff yeah so the guys on my tiktok don't actually know about me purchasing a house and i've been telling them i have a surprise coming their way because one of the goals I made when I would go live is tell them, hey, my whole goal with the scrap industry right now is to buy a house this year. And I will tell you guys when I get there. Um, and lo and behold, it happened. It's happening. It's closing tomorrow. You know, so I'll be sharing with that soon. And then I'll probably st- be stopping the scrap videos for a while because my focus will be then to renovate the house. I'll be sharing that. And it's okay. I was trying to teach people. It's okay to transition certain things in life. You know, away from scrap metal, uh, we do roofing. We do face at East Drafts. Uh, we do a whole bunch of exterior renovations. And I work with my dad because that's his job, but I'll work with him. And my whole goal in my days is to pick up at least $300 a day. Like if I can make $300 a day, 
I'm en route to making a lot of money. So that's my goal every single day, daily, at least at least 300. But there's yeah. days when I'm making more than that. Um, yeah. And that's even better. But um, yeah, so the whole, the whole goal is to transition and flip. I also do the coconut business and a lot of people don't know this. Uh, so you probably see my coconut video on TikTok. Co coconuts out of the garage? Yes. Tell me, yeah. tell us. So I, um, I found this link on Facebook Marketplace. I was looking yeah. through Facebook Marketplace because I searched that like all day for good deals to buy and resell. And I found coconuts and I went and I, um, I went to the house, I bought a box, I went back and I bought the next, next box. I'm like, hey man, like, do you mind me filming a video to share with people? He's like, yeah, yeah. He didn't think anything of it. He thought that I was just like a regular dude. I'm like, yeah, I'm a regular dude. Don't worry about it. I posted the video and it has more than half a million basically views on my TikTok. So close to that. Yeah. Everyone is blowing it up. They wanted more information. So then eventually I put his contact number on a next video, a follow-up video. And then his phone was ringing off the hook. So he would sell 500 boxes of coconuts by the next week, Wednesday, from Friday yeah. to Wednesday-ish. And he'll get a new shipment on Thursday. Um, now I sold his 500 boxes of coconuts for him in less than two hours. Woo! So upon arrival, in less than two hours, he was sold out. He stopped taking orders. So then he has more than 2,000 people ringing his phone to the point that he had to leave that phone line as a business line and buy a new phone. All right. We've now moved him from the garage to a actual setup facility. I'm he's now I was working with him on Fridays because he realized that I was his PR. I was the guy that people are looking for when they came to buy the coconuts. In a way, I got used for that, but it's okay because I got paid as well. Uh, but I also just like to see his business flourish. And that was my whole goal. It's like, hey man, brother, I want to see you become the coconut man, you know? Um, and I want to see your business grow and I'm okay. Like I'll make my small piece by helping you and working with you for today. But beyond that, I want to see you provide for your family. So my whole idea and goal was to help him out to see him provide for his family. That was his only source of income. Now he's pushing more than a thousand boxes at $30 each. Come on, do the math real quick. $30,000. Wow. That's coconuts. He's now selling mangoes, sugarcane, kettle corn, a whole bunch of other stuff from a storage unit. Sorry, from an actual garage unit um, that he's now paying like 10 grand a month for. So yeah, his business is flourishing, right? Wow. Um, and he he literally will call me up and say, Hey, thank you so much. You have no yeah. idea what you did for my family. My, I should have been like, yo, give me a percentage of whatever thing you make, but I'm not gonna do that guy. But yeah. yeah, so that's part of our business. And and I I've partnered with him to the point that he will continue to pay me even though I'm not working with him. Um, yeah. and he wants me to continue to film videos for him and kind of promote him. I'm his PR in a way. Um, yeah. And yeah, the video eventually got shared all over Instagram and to several different like so, uh, social media outlets. And so he blew up and he's blowing up still. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's part of the businesses we do as well. <laughs> so your your Instagram clearly knows that you're no longer just the guy in the that's right. uh, suit and <laughs> looking suit. good. Now yeah, that's right. That's right. You're, you're yeah. the uh, scrap metal guy and you're the coconut man. With the coconut water and yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> my kids on Instagram. Some of my kids yeah. from my churches, they would uh, they they tag me like, "Isn't this Pastor Kelvin?" <laughs> like in the mess in the comments, I read like twenty of them. Hey, isn't this yeah. PK? Because they call me PK. I'm yeah. like, I, I didn't respond to it. Eventually, yeah. I go and I like their comment. Like, hey, yeah, it is me. Chill out. <laughs> don't share. Don't share. It. But they're like, oh man, that. it's cringy. Look at him. He's so he's right? TikTok famous. <laughs> man, that's it's crazy. Awesome. 
Yeah. That that's I mean there's a there's a lot of things just in business in general from that that you can get. I mean realizing that attention really is powerful. Being able to have that type of intention and being able to take it in different directions yeah. has a lot of power in and of itself. And people might want to look at what you're doing with regards to scrapping and that, and and they might want to thumb their nose at you or look down mm -hmm. on you or any of that stuff. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of people that admire that hustle and yeah. it's literally created so much attention that you're able to, you know, quadruple this man's business or more, yeah. move him out of his garage, move him into, you, you know, like, that's the that's power right. of being an influencer. And and so many people want to be an influencer. And you're, you are, you know, uh, just doing what you love. And, yeah. and it comes out naturally. And people are drawn to it. Can you say something about that? Yeah, I prayed about it, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, you, you told me to bring faith into this. And I, I can't go away from it. A lot of what yeah. I have happening today, um, I remember when I was 25 years old. And I remember riding a quad through one of the fields here. And it was my birthday and I was like, God, like, I was just like talking to the air, right? I'm like, God, like, you literally gave me everything I've ever wanted. Like, yeah. I was crazy because in my mind, a 10-year-old boy was playing with some 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 Hot Wheels cars. I would build like this massive house that I would live in and, and farmland all around me. And then we'd have like ATVs or motorbikes and trucks and trailers and a boat. And I'm mm. like, wait a second we have all that you mm -hmm. know i'm like how did i get this idea that was in my head when i was 10 to actually live out, out here and it's like well god bless me so the flip side of that now i said god you know what um i feel like life is transitioning because social media is such a strong outlet and i've been running away from it because it's a dangerous outlet as well especially when your kids mm -hmm. are using it but how about i switch it up and i post as much positive stuff as possible to encourage and motivate people yeah. because it's just who i am and yeah. And then I and then in a way it's like, well, maybe I should ask you, if you want me to be an influencer, you make it happen. And that's how mm. TikTok started up. That's how TikTok started blowing up. I literally said a prayer, and I'm like, God, if you mm. want me to be this guy, then do it. And and the flip side of it, like I did a funeral um about two, three weeks ago for an eleven year old boy whose family found me on TikTok. Um, they've watched my videos. They like the positivity. I guess his sister followed me on Instagram and realized I was a pastor. And then he passed away. He actually fell off a balcony. So rest in peace to him. Um, yeah. and he passed away and his sister reached out to me and asked me, my, told me my brother passed away and we're looking for a pastor to officiate the service. We don't know anybody else. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm there. And I traveled yeah. to them and I officiated the service. It was crazy how like this opportunity came out of a video that they watched a scrapping on TikTok. Um, yeah. so yeah, um, yeah. influencer, sure. Um, uh, I'm now yeah. starting to accept that. So I'm, I'm trying my best to always stay and remain in a great composure. Uh, yeah. but there's, there's flaws in every human being. I got flaws too, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I can't just leave that one there. <laughs> wait, wait, what do, what do we have? Uh, are you undercover, uh, drug dealer? What, what's going on? Like, Wait, man no that makes me a lot of money but no you 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 don't like to bathe uh, uh on a regular basis what what are, what are we talking about no, well this personality i think all of us have personality flaws and yeah. i strive i strive to be a better me every single day so i encourage people yeah. to hey you know what wake up today 
and try to yeah. be 1% better than yesterday and stop yeah. aiming to be this completely different person. Just try to be 1% better today than you were yesterday. Mm -hmm. And over time, you'll be better and better and better. And what I mean by being better is, you know, strive to be positive, strive to be encouraging, motivational, strive to be just a better holistic self. You know, and that means like healthy, eat better, sleep mm -hmm. better, you know, uh, do things that make you better, read more, right? On my hand for the longest time, I put I, in permanent marker, I put do more on my hand, my left hand. And I do a lot. And and now my friends who keep up with me, I don't even, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't got time to have a girlfriend. And I'm okay with that right now. Um, so sorry for the ladies who listen to this podcast. <laughs> but um, uh, the ladies that are crying right now, don't worry. <laughs> I straight up was like, I like what I'm up to that I'm doing. And I share with my friends what I'm up to. They're like, how do you do all that in 24 hours? I'm yeah. like, guess what? If you have great work ethic and you plan and, and, and schedule yourself, you will do it. But that's also my character flaw now. I do too much or I'm trying to right. do too much in a day. Right. right. And that left me today, for example, right. almost missing this opportunity to connect with you because yeah. I was taking on another thing to do before coming here and I just couldn't manage the time. So yeah. that becomes a flaw of mine. And I realize I try to do a lot um, and yeah. you can burn out over time. Um, yeah. But so far I've been managing. That's why I have a lot of play time as well. So I put a lot of fun time and family time in there. That really yeah. balances me really well. That wow, that's that's a really powerful observation. As a as a man with four kids myself, right. one of the things that I've noticed is that there were definitely. I I think it's something important to even understand as a man, is that there is something in you that that wants to to get out. There is a lion in there that that's trying to hustle, that's <laughs> trying to do that stuff, right? And yeah. uh, we we. Um, uh, we want to be able to, and I mean, fear may be in the way, all of these things are there, but it's always there. Um, and we're trying to be that protector. We're trying to be all of those things. And sometimes it's real easy as men to be able mm -hmm. to focus in on one thing. And, and let's be honest, a lot of men, it's very easy to focus in on their career and mm -hmm. to the detriment of everything else. Of their and, uh, yeah. right. And, yeah. um, you know, and for uh, for you, I mean, I, I now I get what you're saying in terms of that can very easily be a uh, flaw. But uh, because now you're not making time for those other aspects where right. you get to be a father, where you you're going to get to be a spouse. Right. You're gonna be, right? Right. The, right. And those are all parts of who you are and what make you unique. And obviously, that's all part of uh, who you want to be. So. Uh, as a man, as you continue to grow. So let, let me ask you this question as we just yeah. talk about continuing to grow. You, you're, you've got the house, you close on it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, Lord willing, it, everything closes tomorrow and, yeah. it's, and it's good. Um, and then you're going to be spending some time w working on the house, but what, what's next? What, what's, What's next up on the uh, the docket? What's the dream? Where's the what's the where's dream? The ultimate goal? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've reworked my dream over the past couple of years. I've had to, yeah, um, yeah. because yeah, two, I was two knee surgeries, two knee surgeries, a major yeah. breakup, um, yeah. you know, crazy depression even because of all those 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 uh, challenges. But um, where's the dream at for me right now? If it goes to short term, um. I wait, wait, wait! I, I gotta hang on, hang on before you get into yeah. the dream. Wait, you you just kind of threw that one out there. Crazy depression. 
Yeah, man. So I went through when I was a very strong athlete. I, I was on scholarship, full ride, essentially. Right. Um, tore, my body was in the pristine physical shape. You know, yeah. I was I was almost to the point that I, I was like, you know, I could have probably played soccer somewhere uh, and had fun doing it, too. Um, very physical body changes up because of knee surgery. And then I go through it a second time. I conquered, yeah. came out of, recovered, went through it a second time. So I was just down on myself because I'm a big doer. I like to do things. I like to be active, yeah. moving, and I depend on my hands and my feet to do that. I don't like yeah. people doing things for me in a way. Um, and I was just sitting stagnant for three, four months. And I was just mad at my body for not being able to do it. It's still to this day, I can't, I can't kick a ball the same way anymore. I don't play right. soccer as much. I actually don't want to see a soccer ball. I prefer playing basketball over soccer because it reminds me of that injury. Right. Um, yeah, so it put me in a really bad place. I was really down. I was really, really depressed. And then on top of that, my my whole breakup situation even just like slumps you into get diver deeper dive. Um, and you know, I've come far away from there. And for anybody who's listening right now, and probably you've been through depression, or you've gone through depression, or you know, I was never diagnosed or anything, but I was just really down. And I know myself. I in the professional scheme, I know that I was going through some really dark things. Um, to get out of that is really just changing your mentality and and learning to love yourself and value yourself. Um, and that's what I did different. You know, I said it. I have a stack of books here, so I was I wasn't able to run and play but I was able to take my mind far away um, from where it was. And I was reading a ton. Um, I have recently just purchased books on like investment and um, real estate even. And I actually picked up some from scrap metal. Like I found some in the garbage. So I'm like, this is perfect for me. And it's all these like high-end authors and stuff. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm investing in myself in a different way. Yeah. That's what got me out. So my mentality changed. So that, that how to get out of depression, you, your mentality how, how- shift will happen. It'll, how how dark did it get? Man, dark. I um, testimonially, I was driving down the road. This is this is like the major point. I was driving down the road um, to the point that I took my car about two hundred and twenty five kilometers an hour on a back road, a farm back road, wanting to just drive it into a ditch. Right, tears coming down my eyes. I couldn't see anything. Um, I told this test. I preached this testimony before, where it's like. Um, I just remember telling God, I don't want to live no more. I was, I was just broken, you know, and I was just hurt. Um, and I just remember driving so fast. Like I literally pressed, I was in first, second, third, fourth gear. I did not let off. I was redlining my car. This is a Volkswagen Golf, a 1.8 turbo, very fast car. I was going 225 kilometers almost. Uh, I just remember seeing the needle on the dash was just about this much away from clocking out. Um, and I just couldn't see anything after that. I was, my eyes, water was coming out of my eyes. I was blurry. But for some reason, as I tried to move that wheel to the left or to the right, it just would not move. And it's like the car was stuck to the ground. And then eventually it came to a stop. I just remember telling God, I want to die. I want to get out of here. I know it sounds kind of dark and gloomy for who's listening. Um, but listen to me no, closely. Real. In, in that very moment, a voice spoke to me and straight up said, it's not your time. I'm not done with you yet. Mm. Um, and I just, I'm telling you this, I'm getting chills on my arms, man, because it takes me back to that moment. And I just remembered feeling like I don't want to live no more because I felt like I felt devalued. I felt like broken. I just felt like so alone. Um, and loneliness is a huge thing in that moment and, and brokenness because of the injuries I was going through and just deep, sad, dark depression that I actually 
because I was a public image um, as a youth pastor, um, I hid it from it because I, I couldn't show people this weak side of me. And the flip side of this now with my ministry, even to my Instagram, I actually talk about these different struggles because this is the real side of people's lives. Professionals go through dark things. Professionals go through, they're not just no shining bright, you know, it's not, everything's all good. You know, Neil D'Souza, you've gone through some sad things in life, you know, yeah. some things that will break you, some moments you've argued, you've fought, you've, you've gotten mad at your kids and your, your partner and everything. And, and it happens, you know, it's life. Um, and social media gets this way of portraying that things are just all happy yeah. and rainbows, you know? Um, yeah. but that moment when my car was about to go off that road, I, um, I just remember hearing the voice saying, I'm not done with you yet. You're mine. You know, it's almost like, I don't want to live. I don't want to live. I don't want to live. I want to die. Let me go. You know, and a voice that's like, God spoke to my heart that day told me, I'm not done with you yet. You're mine. Mm -hmm. Um, in that moment, I think back to this story and I'm always empowered when I share this because that testimony of itself uh, reminds me that I'm living a life of purpose and whatever I'm up to, whatever God puts me into, wherever, whichever place he puts me at, there's a purpose as to why I'm there. And if I'm there mm -hmm. for a moment, for a day, for just some, like, however long time I am, I'm there for a purpose, you know, mm -hmm. for an hour, I'm there for a purpose. And then there's a reason why I met some lady, uh, 80 year old lady with a tractor who gave me some scrap. There's a reason for that. And we had a great time. And so I make, you make the most of your situation. That's why a lot of people tell me my videos are positive. I'm like, I don't see how I'm actually not intentfully trying to make positive videos. It's just that like, they come across that way because now I know that I'm living my purpose in my heart. All right. And I'm happy mm -hmm. doing it. Uh, at the same time, God's providing for me. You know, I just yeah. got my house. Yeah. So now without someone having to go 225 kilometers down a back road uh, in that, what would you say to someone in that, in that space? Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, I, I get, what would you say to yourself, but what would you say to someone that's in that space and uh, feeling like that? Yeah. Just give me one second here. Cause one of the things, you know, there, there can be a, a lot of people are, you know, whether people ascribe to God or not, you know, so many people are looking for a sign and they, Correct. they want, you know, they want a billboard and it doesn't always come in the form of a billboard. And, uh, I think you can speak into their lives right now. And what would you, what would you say to someone that's in that spot? You're worth it. You're more than enough. Um, those, those statements actually meant so much to me in my journey, uh, because a lot of times the reason why we feel down and feel low is because we feel like we're not worth it anymore. And we feel like, you know, we just, we're just not worth it. We're not, we're not anything. Uh, but I want the, you to know whoever's listening right now, I want you to know that you're worth it and that you're beautiful and that you are enough. Um, and if you don't believe these words, believe the guy that tried to take his life, um, and was told those words and everything changed. Uh, and believe it because things things might look shallow and grim and gloomy right now and it it might look like the end of the world right now but trust me there's there's joy in the morning you know it's yeah. it's raining tonight but there's sunshine in the morning and 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 one thing that i always kept in my mind is that this too shall pass mm. you know um, yeah. every storm passes over it doesn't just continue over continue forever it passes over maybe a new storm might come in the future but that's a new storm all by itself and that will pass as well so yeah uh, whatever you're going through right now, it's not the end. And I just want you to know that you are worth it, that you are enough, you know, away from God. That's, that's the most thing I want you. And if you want to talk to somebody, please, if you're going through something, it's good to mention it to somebody and talk to somebody. Hey, 
reach out to me. I, I will I will have a FaceTime conversation with you about life for the longest time. However long you need, I will be there for you. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. So now that that was your dark moment and now you're you're talking about the about the dream. What's the dream now? Oh, so the dream now? Um well, after this house, I, I'm kind of taking a day at a time if I'm being 100% yeah. transparent. Yeah. Um, I don't have no major, you know, shining dream. But the way that my life is set up right now is I go to school for the next two years, uh, finishing my master's. And then I'm kind of on contract to return back to Ontario afterwards and yeah. serve for the equal amount of time that I left because it kind of helped me pay for school. Um, and so I'll be returning to Ontario and I would probably pastor or lead a church congregation by myself. Uh, the hope then is actually to build a community center as opposed to a church. My my desire okay. isn't to have a church. My desire is to have a center where where young people, old people, all alike come through, uh, and uh, they can be educated. So items like this will invite speakers to come in and teach about profit and wealth and mm. and all these different type of things that we can do. Have uh, garages where we teach kids how to do certain skill sets because that's that the practical aspect of life that they can utilize is what i hope to have at a church building yeah. while at the yeah. same time worshiping uh you know we church set up we've 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 got it all twisted we we make the sanctuary the biggest part of the church you know we should be making those service rooms the biggest part of the church because that's where we reach people we serve them and then give them the invitation to come and worship if they like yeah so that's the yeah. whole goal there um, away from that, uh, once this property closes and everything's all good, I can refinance it and do another one. We're going to repeat that again and the whole burr will repeat itself. Um, I hope to pick up more property, uh, which will continue to provide financially for me, uh, for yeah. the future. And then I also then hope to end up doing missions one day. Wow. Um, I'm not sure when that's going to be, if it's going to be when I'm 30 or 35, but I hope to serve overseas somewhere else. Um, that's where I feel like my heart's been leading me, uh, recently. Uh, but I need some yeah. finances before I can get there. So that's why I'm working twice as hard right now so that when I'm there, I can have something to come back to. Does that make sense? <laughs> Ladies, yeah. if you want to lock this man <laughs> down, you better do it before he goes overseas. So yeah. I'll be going overseas. I, I can guarantee you that. I don't know where yet. Um, yeah. I've, I've done some mission trips before and I've enjoyed them uh, yeah. thoroughly. But my heart is to serve. My heart is a service. Yeah. And that's kind of wherever God leads me is where I'll be, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, man, this has been a real uh, uh, treasure. Thank you very much, Kelvin. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, what is there anything else you'd like to uh, to say? If there was something you wanted to leave with people um, about your journey, about uh, what what's next, about Scrap Gang, anything? What, what would you <laughs> like to say to well, people? <laughs> well, people can follow along for the journey because I I have no yeah. idea what's next. I I live each day as an adventure. Um, yeah. our Instagram page is literally called broventure.ca. Um, and it's where my little brother and I, we would post like our daily adventures. Uh, and the whole goal is to say, Hey people, you know, you can literally live an adventure every day. If you wake up excited to breathe and live, um, just go out there, do something different, try something new, you know, uh, go for a walk, go for a hike, go for a bike ride. There's so much to do in life and boredom is not something that exists for me. So I enjoy living life and, um, you know, for my faith belief as a whole, it's this, that Christ came to give us abundant life, to give yeah. us more life, you know, yeah. life in excess. And so that means that he came so I can live my best life. And I'm not going to wait till I go to heaven to do it. I'm going to do it here and then yeah. do it again in heaven as well. Yeah. 
Live an adventure every single day. If that's not the best way to to end it, guys, thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, get a hold of Kelvin. You can follow him on TikTok. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram, and uh, you know, follow his journey as he uh, moves into his new house. And uh, Kelvin, thank you so much for sharing, sharing vulnerably, sharing sharing everything that that you have to this point uh, with us. And uh, and thank you for coming on the show. And so for for all you guys out there. Uh, this is Neil D'Souza, Leadership to Wealth. Have a great time. Take care.